Hello, welcome, welcome to the first episode of This Tender Life. My name is Dot Morehouse, aka The Oil Oracle, and you can find me over on Instagram. I am at tender underscore union. And really, first of all, that is where the name for the podcast came from. So I'm very busy over on Instagram. If you haven't ever found me there, come across and find me and, and say hi and let me know that you found me on the podcast. Um, I That's where I share most frequently the kind of ins and outs and uh, day-to-day of my life. Um, I am a Totnes-based doTERRA leader. So um, I live in Totnes in South Devon with my husband and our two children. And I have been working with doTERRA for just over a year, but I've been a customer of doTERRA for nearly five years. Um, And really, I've wanted for a long time to start a podcast. I just feel like I love podcasts. And I feel like my life is full of incredible conversations. I'm surrounded by so many inspiring people here in Totnes. Um, And it just feels like this was just an obvious next step for me to to take with um, with developing my my platform and my business. So I am really happy to be finally starting it. I actually was looking for some notes that I made at an event earlier in the year um, the other day and I went through I had to go through all my old notebooks. So I was sort of going back through um, these notebooks and I found my notebook from the start of the year and I rem- it was really, really funny. So I found this, came across this page and had forgotten that I'd started it. But basically I'd listened to a podcast where um, they said that what you should do at the start of every year is write a list of 100 things that you want to achieve in the year and kind of keep going back to it throughout the year and ticking things off. Now, I'd obviously started this and then moved on from it and never went back to it. So I'd got to 41 in my list. And on there, actually, amazingly, there was a whole bunch of stuff that I have already ticked off, which I thought was pretty great considering that I hadn't even gone back and looked at it. I don't think even once after initially writing it. But one of the things that was on there that was still not yet ticked off was a podcast. And I remember the week between Christmas and New Year last year, I really was feeling very creative. It was that sort of in-between time and I was on my bleed and I just was like deep in creativity mode. And I wrote I wrote out all these ideas and one of them, you know, I kind of had an idea for the first sort of 15 episodes of a podcast. And then the big barrier to actually starting was just literally having the technology to do it, like having a microphone. And then I mentioned it to my sister the other day and it turned out that my brother had bought a microphone that he'd never used that was literally sitting in storage at our parents' house. So I got it and I set it up and here I am recording my first ever podcast which feels really exciting and I'm super happy that you're here listening to it so thank you so much um and I think the most obvious thing to do for a first podcast since maybe a lot of people are going to have no idea who I am is just to do a bit of an introduction so as I said I am a doTERRA leader um and what I thought could be cool for this first um, episode would be to explain the kind of health journey that I've been on my evolution over the last sort of 20 years and what brought me to the point of discovering the oils and then again what took me a few years later to the point of actually working with them and I think you know everybody's journey with discovering natural health solutions is always so unique and so fascinating but there's a thread that kind of runs through all of it that kind of unifies us Um, so I thought you know it could be quite fun to share it and um, 
and and see if it resonates with anyone and if nothing more you know even if it doesn't resonate maybe it just gives you a bit of a clearer idea of who I am and uh yeah what to expect from the podcast as the days weeks and months go by after this so uh, I am going to go way way back and start with the fact that from the age of like 14 as soon as my periods became regular they were problematic um, and I am now 39 I will be 40 next year in 2023 and I think for the majority of women in my generation um, it was totally normal when your period came if it was if it was not normal, it, it you were put on the pill. And that was certainly the case for me. So from the age of 14, I was straight away just kind of put on this path of like taking the pill to manage, in inverted commas, my periods. And it didn't really work. So I went from one brand to another brand to another brand to another brand to the mini pill to the injection pill back to another pill. Then I was told like, just take it back to back, don't take breaks. You know, it was really just like this constant barrage that my body was being put under with this pill that was supposed to be fixing my periods, but was actually doing nothing to help them. Um, and the symptoms were there persistently, whether I was on the, you know, like whichever pill I was on. So I know by the time I was sort of 16 and doing my A-levels, the pain at the start of my period each month was so acute that I would have a day in bed and I had prescription painkillers from it for it from the doctor. I can't remember what ones they were, but I know I had a prescription for painkillers alongside the pill. Um, and so, you know, I had these really 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 painful periods and then I think that was the point where I was told to just take the pill back to back and just not have a bleed um you know so it was it had been problematic for a long time and then by the time I was 19 I was in a stable relationship with um with a guy and I got to the point where I couldn't have sex anymore because it was so painful um intercourse like it was so painful and that was the point when I went back to the doctor and I said I think I need a referral and I was at the time lucky enough to have private health insurance. So I was referred to a private gynecologist and I was taken in and actually they decided that they needed, they did some ultrasounds and did various things and then they needed to do a laparoscopy because nothing was really conclusive. And through the laparoscopy, we discovered that I did have endometriosis, which explained the pain and all of the other things. Um, but the endometriosis wasn't advanced enough to warrant surgery. So the gynecologist, it was a man, I can still remember the way that he looked, he sat across the desk from me and he said, well, really, you've got two options. You can either um, go have hormone therapy, which is sort of similar to being on the injection pill, but it's stronger hormones and we just stop your periods altogether and hope that, that you know, that you heal yourself um, in that time. Or if that's not appealing, then I just suggest that if you think you see children in your future, I wouldn't delay trying to get pregnant. Now, by this time, I was no longer in the relationship with the guy that I had been in the year before. And, um, and yeah, you know, parenthood wasn't on my agenda at all. Um, so I kind of left his office feeling like there really wasn't a solution for me and that ultimately I was just sort of defunct as a woman. And 
with a lot of distance and reflection, I've realized now that this set in, in, in motion a sort of chain of events that led me to having this kind of decade nearly of real hedonistic behavior rooted in a sense of being flawed. Um, my whole 20s were sort of defined by that kind of behavior. And whilst, you know, on the outside there was a lot of success, there was a lot of fun, there was definitely, you know, a lot of enjoyment and growth and other things. At the same time, there was like a fundamental belief that I was flawed as a woman and therefore I was not worthy of love. And as a result, you know, I, I treated my body badly. I would over drink. I used recreational drugs. I had eating or disordered eating at one point, you know, in my mid, mid to just after my mid twenties, my, and my disordered eating became, you know, really out of control. Um, and I was really deeply unhappy. Um, I definitely had a couple of um, times where I was uh, attempting to, or on the brink of attempting to take my own life. And, you know, it was dark. The My 20s, for all of the kind of outward success and adventure that was happening at the same time, you know, I was really, really battling demons throughout it. And with the distance that I now have, I can look at it and sort of see that a lot of that started in that conversation in that gynecologist's office and that just that sense of worthlessness that I that I had um, and that really kind of was how it, how I experienced those years um, but as I got to my late 20s and approached my Saturn returns I had a real watershed moment where my sister had read this book called Clean. It's an amazing book written by, I think he's a Mexican doctor, um, whose name I now can't remember, but I can post it in the show notes. Um, and it's a fascinating book. So it's about the fact that the toxins that we're exposed to are not just the toxins in the food that we eat or whether we smoke or drink alcohol, but just how there are toxins layered in every aspect of our life. So it's our food, it's the paint on the wall, it's the flame retardant on the sofa, it's the exhaust fumes, it's the, you know, xenoestrogens in the plastic that wrap the food. They're everywhere. Um, and it kind of was a real wake up call to me that actually, uh, you know, there's so much that we can't control that the very least we should do is think about the things that we can control. Um, and around the same time I was getting together with Martin, who is my now husband. Um, and it was just a, a kind of a, a really intense two year period where I made a lot of major lifestyle changes that were really, you know, radical from the point perspective of how I had been living my life. So I stopped smoking, uh, the kind of meeting Martin, um, was the moment, uh, where I stopped taking recreational drugs completely. So, um, there's actually a really sweet story. <laughs> well, if it could be sweet, yeah, it's sweet. It's sweet. I'll tell it another time, but yeah, there's, there's sort of the whole story with that. Um, uh, you know, basically meeting Martin in a nutshell, um, I realized that, you know, as much as there was like the fun part of, of going out and getting high, um, there was also like the not so fun part of the next day. And I realized that I never really wanted to feel that way around him. Um, and so I just decided that I just wouldn't 
take drugs anymore and it wasn't even a thing that I felt like I had to give up it just was like well it's just not a part of my life anymore so it was like an, an overnight decision um which was massive um and you know and then I started making an effort to like eat better food and you know buy organic where I could and funnily enough or not so surprisingly at all within a year of making those changes I became pregnant with our daughter um and it was a massive shock because obviously I had been told that it was highly unlikely that I'd be able to have children and that it would be you know that I should anticipate it being quite complicated if I chose to try especially because during my mid-20s I also discovered I have polycystic ovarian syndrome um so and I'd been hospitalized with complications from my endometriosis around that time as well so you know to just a few years later be emerging from that and then you know settled in a relationship and then to I, I basically was still taking the pill but really sporadically um and not with any consistency and I had this very can well frank conversation with Martin one day where I was like okay you know you know I can't have children um but I do still take the pill every so often just as like a precaution but I'm really crap at remembering to take it so you know if things work out with us and if five years from now we decided we wanted to have a baby it would be good if this was all out my system so do you mind if I just stop taking it all together and he was like no of course not it's fine and six weeks later I was pregnant um so and me wanting to stop taking the pill was mostly on the basis of having read this book and it was like the sort of the last thing that I was still taking that was like not aligned with this trying to like limit the amount of toxins that I was exposing myself to so, you know, I I sort of just cleaned up in so many other areas and it felt weird to still be taking the pill. So I was like, I just don't want to take it anymore. Anyway, like immediately I came off it, then I fell pregnant and it was a massive shock. It took me three months to realize I was pregnant because I actually hadn't had a bleed. Um, you know, I, I hadn't had a bleed in the run up to, um, you know, I hadn't had a bleed for about three months anyway at the point when I would have got pregnant and so I had absolutely no idea and it wasn't until sort of December that I discovered I was expecting and it was a massive shock and took a lot of actually deep inner work to go through integrating that reality because I had been so conditioned to believe that my body would not be able to do that and um, so my immediate reaction was that I can't be pregnant because I can't have children because that was the message that had been so clearly given to me from from the medical field the whole way you know for like at this point nearly 10 years so um so it was a huge shock but a massive blessing um martin was incredible when i told him his first words were well that's amazing news <laughs> so um you know i'm aware that i i caught a real rare gem with him and i'm very very lucky um so obviously though if you you know have experienced um pregnancy then you know that first of all straight away there's a whole load of stuff that you can't use like you can't take antihistamines if you get hay fever and you can't you know there's various other things that they advise you not to have and so having already been on this journey of like detoxing um and not wanting to be using kind of chemicals then I became pregnant and I became even more aware of what I was putting on my body and, and what I was using to take care of myself. And I knew from the beginning that I was going to want to do things fairly natural. 
Um, I had no idea how much, <laughs> how crunchy I was gonna get, shall we say? But um, but I, you know, that's a, that's a whole other podcast. But um, definitely, you know, it was during my pregnancy that I really embraced learning about homeopathy. And, um, you know, I got like flower remedies and I had Arnica in my hospital bag so that I could take that immediately after the birth for me and the baby. And, you know, I kind of knew that I wanted to do things naturally. So I was starting to learn and reach out and branch out and kind of try all these different ways of healing and looking after myself. And I never for a minute considered essential oils because as far as I was concerned, they were purely just fragrance. And to be fair, at that time, you know, they kind of mostly were. In many ways in the UK, they kind of, a lot of what's available really is just fragrance. Um, but yeah, it never occurred to me that essential oils could be also a healing modality at that time. So we had our daughter and a couple of years later, we moved to Devon again in this kind of pursuit of a wild away and looking for more nature connection, more connection to the land, deeper opportunities for community, all of these things. So we relocated to Devon. Um, and at that time also fell pregnant uh, for the second time with my son. Um, and our kind of journey meanders on um, and it was about uh, another year and a half later when my daughter was three and a half and my little boy was sort of knit one that um, our daughter caught whooping cough at her kindergarten. Um, and it was the first major health challenge that we'd had. Actually, up until that point, she'd been just completely robust and fit. Obviously, the odd cough, cold, snuffle that all the kids get from going to nursery. But ultimately, she was like a super fit and strong baby and child. Um, and yeah, she picked up whooping cough at her kindergarten Um and suddenly it was a bit like staring down the barrel of a gun because it's it, if you don't know much about it it is known as the hundred days cough um it's also known in china as the cough of enlightenment it's the first spiritual trial of the child um because it is this long protracted illness where the convalescence is it just goes on and on so actually um it's not dissimilar to a respiratory illness that has been around more recently in the sense that the acute phase is just a couple of weeks but it's recognized that the convalescence goes on for three months um so she was sort of having these really really vicious coughing attacks for a couple of weeks um and then that settled down and she would just cough once or twice a day but um but her energy was super low and her body was obviously still recovering from that experience um but within this i was feeling quite resourced you know we had all the homeopathy that we 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 knew that we needed we had herbs and different tinctures and things that we were working with and then it was actually like a lovely mum in our wider school community who sent me two little bottles of oil um and they're these teeny tiny sample bottles uh, they're the sort of bottles that i used to send samples out today um, and one of them contained an oil called air which is a blend which is the respiratory blend it's for my daughter and the other bottle contained a blend called serenity which was for me and the minute that i smelt them i knew that they were something that i wanted in my house i was like this is good whatever this is 
this is different to what I thought essential oils were. Um, and so straight away, we kind of started using them. We found that when we put the air oil in the diffuser, our experience was that our daughter had been coughing, having coughing fits in the night. Um, and the night that we put the air oil in the diffuser, she didn't cough during the night and didn't wake herself up coughing. So she had her first uninterrupted night's sleep in a couple of weeks. Um, and it was really profound for us at that point because obviously I felt like sleep was the most important re remedy for her at that time. And every night, at least once she would wake up with this like awful coughing cough so much that she was kind of bursting um blood um vessels in her cheeks um and what you know sometimes a couple of times she was sick after coughing so much um and so we put this air oil in the diffuser and that didn't happen for her that night and it was like oh wow this is really different and we could also use it in a carrier oil and rub it on her chest on on the front of her chest and on the back of her chest um, and we found straight away it made a massive difference. And for me, the Serenity Oil, which is still one of my favorite blends to this day, um, became like this emotional touchstone, this kind of anchor for me in a time where I was in deep, deep mothering. So where we lived at the time was quite remote. We weren't close to a whole bunch of people. I had a one-year-old and this three-year-old who was facing this long, challenging illness. And the serenity, I would just put it on my pulse points and put it in the palm of my hand and take a breath and it just would sort of steady me. And I felt like, okay, I can do this. And they were just became immediately this huge part of our routine. And they were so, so supportive. So as soon as my daughter felt a bit better, um, Henrietta, the lady who had sent me the samples came and saw us and we just straight away knew that we wanted to to introduce these oils more into our life and to have them on hand and to be able to reach for them in those moments when when you need something uh and you're maybe not always sure what exactly it is that you need um and to this day i still find that that's what they are there's something to reach for when you need support um and that is just invaluable in my opinion and so so powerful and so empowering um so straight away we jumped in we bought a kit we bought the home essentials kit it's still one of the most popular kits um that doTERRA make it's certainly the most popular kit that i sell um of all of the kits and it comes with what's known as the core 10 oils and it comes with a free diffuser and the minute we got them we just we did we used them every day um and what was lovely actually was that up to that point martin my husband Whilst he had been really supportive of the way that I wanted to approach things um, in terms of our health and well-being as a family, he also was slightly mystified by it all. You know, he didn't really understand the homeopathy. He was like, you could just, you know, what, what do we, you know, I could tell him what to use, but he didn't feel empowered to kind of look for it himself. But immediately with the oils, he also felt a connection. Um, and that was so lovely because he'd be the one that would be like, isn't there an oil we could use for that? Um, and because our sense of smell, smell, sorry, our sense of smell is our strongest sense, um, it's a really beautiful way to tap back into our intuition. And he could be intuitive with the oils. It's like he could smell and kind of know if he was on the right track with what he was reaching for. And it was really beautiful to suddenly be like sharing that load with him as well. 
um, rather than it just being me that was like the dispensary for the family, you know, to feel like we were doing it together in partnership was really, really powerful for us. And um, so, yes, so immediately both of us, you know, we started using them routinely um, in the diffuser, in the bath, in, in internally actually with doTERRA oils you can use a lot of them internally so like adding them to water adding them to veggie caps on the soles of the kids feet if they were poorly you know all the different ways that you can use them um and you know a few times at the time Henrietta did say to me you know that there's a business you know I know you're loving your oils you know you can do this as a business and I really wasn't interested because at the time I had my own production company that I'd recently actually launched so i'd been freelance i used to work in fashion and i was a freelance location scout and producer so generally that meant that i was like coordinating large location photo shoots for brands or magazines and then also coordinating fashion shows for part for london fashion week and um the year after my son was born i had founded a production company called tender union um and it was uh, an environmentally focused production company so i was trying to pioneer a method that i dubbed low impact production um, and it was all about kind of using my um, experience and my connections in the fashion industry to drive positive environmental change um, and I felt really, really passionate about it. You know, we were planting trees on every job, working with a beautiful UK-based reforestation program. And I was working, you know, and catering was always locally sourced and organic, um, plant-based. And I just felt really, really passionate about the impact that I had the potential to make there. But then 2020 rolled around um, and, you know, obviously that changed the landscape massively. Actually, I should also say that at the point when we had the oils, um, I would also take my oils on set with me. So if I was on set and people were like snuffling, I'd be putting on guard in the diffuser and like rolling it on the back of their neck. And if someone had a headache, I'd be getting them to take some deep breaths with peppermint, or putting frankincense on the roof of the mouth. You know, I was just using them all the time and I loved it. And it was sort of like part of part of the kind of the deal with my um, with any, anything that I was producing. I was just going to also be there with my oils. Um, anyway. 2020 rolls around obviously the bottom falls out of the industry and I was like many people kind of left with this vacuum of time um to really think into things and I was yeah I, I did what a lot of people did and I did the Deepak Chopra 21 days of abundance uh in a whatsapp group which I think like loads of people were doing that at that time if you didn't you know highly recommend it's a great it's a great way to delve into your um into your practice and um, I just decided that I would sort of dream into what was possible and at this time it was emerging that to return to work in the fashion industry was going to be really really challenging for me just based on the fact that I was kind of a one-woman band um, and there was a lot of uh, like red tape and stuff to go back to work there was going to be full PPE on set and having to have like everybody signing health declarations and I personally wasn't interested in enforcing that I didn't feel passionately enough um, about what I was doing to kind of feel like it was worth also kind of going through all of that rigmarole so I decided to sort of dream into what could be possible and the first thing I thought of was working with doTERRA 
So I rang Henrietta and I was like, I'm so excited, I want to do the business. And it turned out that she wasn't working with the business anymore. <laughs> so, uh, you know, she'd had the opposite effect of like the um, first lockdown kind of meaning that she had no time at all and she'd really just taken a different direction as well. And she wasn't going to be working with doTERRA anymore. So I really didn't know what to do. And I actually then, you know, went on this meandering journey and ended up working with another network marketing company that we had some family friends who had worked with for a long time. And I had an amazing 14 months working with them and learning the ropes of network marketing as a business, but always still using my oils every day, still recommending oils to people if they had a problem. And like still always at the back of my mind, like kind of pining for the, the life that wasn't, you know, that never was with working with doTERRA. Um, and actually then it was like that, uh, during that time, a new family started at our school um, and I kept bumping into them everywhere. Even though our kids weren't in a class together, it was like I'd bump into them at the farm shop, I'd bump into them at the market, I'd bump into them at the swimming pool. It's like everywhere I went, I saw them. And they were um, big UK doTERRA leaders, Emily and Tim, um, blessed to be able to call them my upline. And basically they had relocated to Devon and there, yeah, and we met and just connected as friends. Um, and it was last summer at my uh, kind of blessing before my wedding around the time of my birthday, uh, where I got together with some girlfriends in the woods and I was sat in a circle of women, as I often do. <laughs> um, you know, just a few days before my wedding, the day before my birthday, this group of women had gathered together um, in the woods beside the river. And it was pouring with rain but we were sort of sheltered by the trees and we were sort of sat there on the damp earth and um I was sat opposite Emily who had come um and I just remember thinking and there was like a voice in my head that was like why aren't you working with her <laughs> and at that point I just kind of knew that I had to make the change so it was also right around the Lionsgate portal in the year 2021 and uh yeah that august was just a really transformational time so it was my birthday then we got married actually on the 8th of august so like right on the sort of lionsgate peak and we went off camping for a couple of weeks after that um as like a family holiday slash family honeymoon um and it just became you know i sort of sat with it for, for quite a while and it became obvious that i really just needed to make the leap and start with doTERRA so I started with doTERRA officially on the 1st of September 2021 um, and have been building my business ever since. Um, and actually, it's quite a nice time to be recording this because at this point now, just tomorrow, which is the 29th of September 2022, I'm actually going out to Italy uh, to participate in the leadership retreat um, with doTERRA going with Emily and a bunch of people from our team and I'm really really excited about it um, and yeah I mean even though I've been doing it for a year I'm still just so much at the start of my journey and the next few years are just I know are going to be incredible because we've been laying the foundation for something really major um, so yeah it's pretty awesome 
So I'm already up to like half an hour, which is longer than I was thinking this episode should be, but that kind of gives you my backstory and a bit of a feel for who I am and where I'm coming from. Um, and pretty much going forward from here, the plan is that I'm going to be recording these fairly regularly and it's going to be a mixture of either me talking about some oils and sharing some information or it might be me talking to a friend or a contact. Um, I hope to record a lot of episodes as conversations with other people. Like I said at the beginning, my life is full of amazing conversations and I really just want to find a way to share that with the world. So um, that's the plan for this tender life. If you don't already find follow me on Instagram, then please come and find me. Like I said, my handle is at tender underscore union. And if you like this podcast, make sure you just give it a follow. Um, you can hit the little bell and uh, get some notifications. And, it, you know, it's very, very early days for this. So if you are listening and you felt like it was interesting, um, please do by all means feel free to share this with other people that you might find um, that might find it interesting. Um, right now I have to go and pack for Italy. So I'm going to go and do that. I'm wishing you a beautiful day and I will speak to you next time on This Tender Life. Like I said, my name is Dot Morehouse. You can call me the Oil Oracle and I will see you soon.